I need you to turn to John chapter 3 this morning and also Numbers chapter 21. John chapter 3 and Numbers chapter 21. I want to look at the story and uh, get to this thought God as. We looked at God as an eagle. And today I want to look at something different that I, I believe that we need today. John chapter 3, verse number 1. This is a very familiar story. Every one of us know this story, but I want to look at it and just pick one draw thing out, and then we'll go to finish up in Numbers chapter 21. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man named name of the man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And you see the undertone there. Here's Nicodemus is coming to Jesus and he, at nighttime, and he's thinking that Jesus ought to be overwhelmed by him. Uh, here, I, I, I'm a ruler of the Jews. Uh, I, I know a lot. I am the man. And he's thinking that Jesus ought to be overwhelmed, like Jesus ought to say, I, I thank you for coming to my presence. I thank you for being here. But Jesus is not impressed. In fact, Jesus said to him, Unless the man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Uh, I imagine that probably was a big blow to his pride, thinking he's something. Nicodemus said unto him, How can a man be born if he's old? Can he enter into his second time in his mother's womb be born? Jesus answered him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water, which is the first birth, and of the Spirit, he cannot be born in the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind, we talked about this Sunday, last Sunday, about the eagle. Jesus, they teach in two ways, as is or liken. He's always doing as or liken. And Jesus is getting ready to do the same thing. He said, Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it come, and whether it goeth. So every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? And here comes that blow to the pride again. Jesus answered and said to him, Art thou a master of the Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak that we know and testify that we have seen, and ye have received not our witness. If I, if I told you earthly things, you would believe not. How shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And here's that as is. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. 
For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world, but the world through Him might be saved. Let us pray. Father, we just thank You this morning. Help us and strengthen us. Lord, I pray a prayer for those who are sick, those who are afflicted this morning. Lord, just touch their lives. Lord, if they need a healing touch, Lord, for those in the hospital, I pray You lay Your hand upon them, Lord. Open our hearts and minds this morning that we receive the message that you have intended for our hearts. And we'll just praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. Here Nicodemus comes to the Lord and he's knowing nothing about the new birth. He knows nothing about the cross. He knows nothing about the Holy Spirit uh, uh, living inside in individuals. Those are the three things that the Lord highlights. The new birth, the Spirit of God taking up resident in the individual, and Calvary. The substitute of death of himself that he replaced in the future just come time after this and Nicodemus knows nothing about it. So the way the Lord is going to illustrate these truths that the truth of the cross, the truth of the Lord dying for our sins in the world, he said, Nicodemus, I'm going to tell you what this is going to be like. It's like as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Just as Moses lifted up that serpent, God is going to lift up His Son on the cross. And just like they looked at that serpent up on the rod and lived, whoever shall look unto the Son of God on the cross shall live. They'll have eternal life. Now, turn to Numbers chapter 21. This is a story that Jesus was uh, referenced here. Verse number 4. And they journeyed from Mount Horeb in the way of the Red Sea to come past the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was very much discouraged because of the way. And the people spake against God and against Moses. God and Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no bread, neither is there any water. For our soul loweth this light bread. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and that much people of Israel died. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned before... For we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he would take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he is looked upon, it shall live. He shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it on a pole. And it came to pass whoever was bitten looked upon it and lived. The amazing truths that we find here this morning uh, in Numbers 21, it relates to several things, and it relates to you and I as a sinner under the hand of God, the con condemnation, of the condemnation of the hand of God, and it relates to our Savior, the one that is uh, in the business of uh, uh, redeeming sinners and the, from condemnation of God and redeeming sinners from our sins. And uh, there's some things about this story I want to show you that help you out and maybe help us out together. There's three things I want to show you uh, about the serpent. 
uh, about this serpent here. There's three things I want to show you here. The first thing we see is the entrance of the service, serpent. Did you notice when the serpent came? They did not come until after verse 5. Uh, they spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore ye have brought us out of the land of Egypt into the wilderness. For there is no bread, neither is no water, nor souls loath the light bread. And then the Lord sent the fiery serpents. The serpents entered the act of rebellion, uh, defiance, the murmuring against the Lord uh, this morning. Here we find God's people are not satisfied with what God gave them. They're not satisfied with what God had provided for them. Let me say this. Even those that are saved can find themselves just like this in the text this morning. The songwriter said, prone to wonder. I feel prone to leave the God I love. Uh, many times we are not satisfied with what God has given us or what God has put in our lives. We're always looking for something bigger or something better, something more. We're not satisfied with what God has entrusted us with. That is what has gotten mankind in the problem of the day. They're not satisfied with that. They're not uh, satisfied with what God has given them. That's what happened when God put them in, that, in Adam and Eve. God provided, but they weren't satisfied. They, they knew better. They, they, they didn't do it uh, because they wanted, they, they just desired more. I, I've got a better way of doing what God says. I, I need more than what God has provided for me. I, I'm looking for bigger and better things than what God's got. Let me say this. You don't know yourself this morning. Your plan will always take you straight to hell. God, God will take you to the heaven your plan will wind you up in the hall pen uh, in a ditch somewhere. God's plan will keep you out of the ditch. Uh, it'll put you in the house of God, right with God, in the will of God this morning. You want to know why we got so many generations of rebellious in this country today, in our societies, in our homes, and not only in our homes, but also in our churches today? Because years of Hollywood has pumped this rebellion into the, in our systems, in our society saying that uh, you don't need that. Just look at the Disney movies you look at today. It's gotten broad with the cartoons. Uh, so bored, I mean, just looking at it, that verse living in cartoons today. Telling kids, you, you don't have to be satisfied with what mom and dad is giving. You don't have to live that way. You can be any way you want to be. Just, just let it go. Just let it go. Amen. You don't, you don't have to be satisfied. You don't have to have the authority in your life. You can do what you want to do. And not only are they teaching that, we're growing up with that in our life. Let's be honest. You all watch TV today. I've watched them. I see it today. I watched some the other day, and I'm like, my goodness. Just hold on. They're, they're let it go. They, don't, they want to let it go. They don't want to hold back anymore. The society does. They just want to reach out and grab more. They're not satisfied anymore with what God has given them. That's the rebellion. It's okay to be this way. It's okay to do that. It's okay to live that lifestyle. You can do this and it's all right. God has to overlook you. No, that's not God. 
Well, that's not my lifestyle. I can't live like that. No, that's not God. Something better and a better life is the only way you can get it from God. The serpents came in when the rebellion started. That's what it starts with us today. Anytime we start rebelling against God, telling God, I, I want more, I need more, I'm not satisfied with what I've got, then things start happening in life. Talk about not being satisfied. If you look back in Genesis chapter 3 with Eve, you know uh, when the serpent entered, he didn't show up because Eve start, showed up. It was Eve start checking out the tree. She started looking at the tree, start desiring the tree, start desiring the fruit of it. The first thing that the serpent said, yes, God have said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. Why, why did he show up and start talking then? Because he had already seen her walking down the wrong way. Start looking at the wrong things. Start reaching for the wrong things. When he noticed that, that's when it... And, and the devil is the same way with us. When we start looking at the wrong things, reaching for the wrong things, that's when the devil will start talking to you. That's when the devil will get in your mind and say, it's all right, it's okay. serpent entered into the picture after she had started thinking about the fruit. She got to thinking, well, you know, I think God has given me the short change of this. I, I think God's not letting me live and rejoice in my own life. I think God is holding me back from enjoying the things of life. I really want to enjoy this. So it's only natural the devil will show up to help her feel, feel that rebellion in her lifestyle and her heart. That's already start growing in her life. Listen to me, when you start uh, hard stop the uh, direction of rebellion, when they start looking that way, it's hard to stop somebody. Eve start looking at the tree and she would not stop until she got it. Lot, Lot start looking at Sodom and would not stop until he got it. David start looking at Bathsheba and would not stop until he got her. It is hard to stop and turn around. The longer you look, the more you're going to desire and that desire is going to lead you to fall and rebel against God. Once a man or woman starts murmuring against the church, murmuring against God and the rules and the standards of God, against the home, against mom and daddy, you mark it down. It's going to be hard to stop them. They're heading in a different direction than everybody else. The snake showed up and bit them said, Hey, you start leaning in the direction of a rebellion and the devil is always going to be there. You know, it's amazing to me what they're rebellion about. It said in verse 5, they said there's no bread. 
lie. God gave them bread. God sent them bread. Just because you don't like what God gave you, that you're going to murmur and say it wasn't true. They said there's neither no water. We ain't got no water. Our, our, our cattle are dying. We're thirsty. We, we're going to die out here. Chapter 20, verse 11. And Moses lifted up his hand and said with his rod and smote the rock twice and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and all the beasts drank. They're murmuring about something that God had provided for them. There's no excuse for their rebellion. They're not the victims. You're not the victims. They're just backslidden and wicked. You're not the victim. Your heart ain't right. You're in a rebellious condition. Is the victim of mentality. God is just trying to hold us back. God is trying to stop me from enjoying life. It is the woe is me syndrome. It's I've got a problem this morning. You ain't got a problem. God has been good to you. God has been uh, set all the rules and standards for you. You, you. you say, I don't want to follow the rules and standards, just like Eve said in Genesis chapter 3, uh, to keep forgetting the, the snake bit them. You, I, I don't want to follow the rules and standards of the church. You know why we have rules and standards in the church? It's to keep you saints of God. It's keeping you from falling away. It's keeping you from walking down a path that you don't want to go down where you're going to mess up your life and have regrets in your life and having scars in your life. It's, it's, not, it's not that mean old preacher. It's not trying to keep you from and going down that path of, of sin. It's a path that you're going to regret one day. We see the serpent enters when rebellion starts in a life. And that's the same way it is today. When you start rebelling against the things of God, the devil's going to show up on your doorstep. And he's going to start whispering in your ear, you're right. God is holding you back. God don't want you to enjoy your life. God don't want you to fellowship with those people, but I'm telling you, those people are good people. I don't care if you have to meet them down at the bar. You start rebelling against God, the serpent's going to show up. We see the evil of the serpents. Verse 6, they were fiery serpents. That word fiery means literally they were poisonous. And when they bit someone... It was like fire running through their veins. These serpents struck with a, with a purpose. They struck to hurt. They struck to harm. They struck to, for them to die. It left the effect of the venom. When they bit them, they were found. In verse 6, it said that much people of Israel died. What happens after they bite them? Pain, death, regret, sorrow. 
I, I thought about this. It was said that much people died. I wonder what if some of those that died were not those that were rebelling or murmuring against God. Maybe there were some that was being bitten, thinking, right, what did I do? What did I say? What, what have I done? I, I followed God. I walked after God. I served God. But yet I'm being bitten by these serpents because of somebody else's rebellion. You pay for what other people do. I, I can see parents holding some of their kids that have been bitten by the serpents. I'm wondering what in the world did a kid do? What did my child do? It rains on the just and the unjust. We talked about it this morning. When God pours out his wrath, it's not just on some, it's on all of Israel. Maybe they said, I wish I had not rebelled. I wish I had kept walking with the Lord. I wish I had not murmured. Look, look what I have caused in my life. Let me remind you, it's still in the Bible. The wages of sin is still death. There is a cost, there is a consequences for getting sin getting in our lives. The Bible said, Wherefore as one man sin entered into the world, and one man rebellion has caused generation after generation to be infected with the nature of sin in our lives this morning. The poison has passed from everyone in here this morning. Can I tell you this morning, you are infected this morning. But if you're saved, God has done something about your infection this morning. But if you're lost, it is killing you physically and spiritually. And it's going to take you to a lake of fire. People seem to think they can play with sin and get by with it. They can play with sin and come out on top. God likened himself to a snake. I, I don't like snakes. And I'm just going to be honest with you. There's no such thing as a good snake. I don't like dead snakes, live snakes, rubber snakes, plastic snake, even a picture of a snake. I don't like snakes. I hate them. I've stepped out in my yard and I made a proclamation in my yard. Snakes, if you want to live, stay out of my yard. If you come into my yard, you're going to die if I see you. And two of them went against that proclamation. I killed them. I can't stand a snake. And here I am. There, there was a woman in Florida. Uh, I read this story. She had a child. And she was sitting in the living room. And, and her child was in the back of the house at the back door. And, and she's sitting there. And all of a sudden she heard the door open and close. And that little kid goes, <laughs> She sat there. And all of a sudden she heard the door open and close. And that little kid goes, <laughs> you got to think that did it again. That old door open and closed. Now look at <laughs> she got said, I've got to go check this out. And there she goes, and there's this kid on the back port, the back door. And open that back door, open it up, and it was a snake 
in front of that door. And every time he opened that door, he let it go back, and that snake would strike that door. And he'd go, <laughs> that's what it was. How many of you know have heard of Steve Irwin? Crocodile man. Amen. <laughs> he, he, Australian, he go down to Australia and said, my, that's a snake. That, that's a beautiful snake there. That's, that's the deadliest snake in the world. One bite can kill you. I think I'll touch it. <laughs> you ain't right, boy. But he's like this. A lot of Christians are the same way. They see sin. They say, you know what? That's beautiful. That, that's good. I, I think I'll touch it. I think I'll just reach it. Hey, Steve Irwin was bit a couple of times when he reached down and put that snake out there. Thank God they had some anti-venom for it because if it wouldn't, he had a croak right then. But I'm telling you, you reach out and that sin will bite you. God has given you anti-venom to keep you from getting... Boy, I'm going to tell you. But the reason why we got so much problem is we want to reach out and touch sin because we think we can handle it and play with it. But there's always some good news. I don't want to leave you with the bad news. There is an escape from the serpent. This is what the Lord said in verse number 7. And I like this. Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord that he'll take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. Moses prayed for them. Verse number 8. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that one is bitten. When he looked upon it, it shall live. Verse 9. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole, and it came to pass if a serpent had bitten any man. When he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. I love the fact that God has a solution for the pollution. God had a plan. God made a provision. Ain't you glad when you came and said, I am, I'm a sinner? God didn't say, well, this was on you. Die for it. No, God didn't say that. When we were brokenhearted, rebellion, when we were brokenhearted sinners, Said, oh God, we realize I have error. We realize we messed up. God made a provision this morning. You say, what that provision? Don't miss this. God said, I'll make you a likeness of the fiery serpent. It's not the fiery serpent, but it's made in the likeness of the fiery serpent. It looks like the fiery serpent. But it doesn't have the venom of the fiery serpent. The snake on the pole, yes, it looks like the serpent's on the ground. And it's bearing that judgment. Anything you're talking about brass in the Bible is talking about judgment. It's a picture of judgment. Yes, bearing the judgment. Yes, the sins of the people are falling on the serpents of the brass. But the snake has done nothing wrong. 
There's no evil venom in this snake. It looks like the other snakes, but it's not the same. And God said in a matter of faith, anyone that looks upon this, they look at him and believe, you shall live. It will heal you. It will save you by faith. Can you imagine? Can you imagine that first when they prayed and Moses fashioned that serpent and put on that pole and he made that proclamation, if anyone is bitten, look at the serpent on the pole. Can you imagine one being bitten by the fiery serpent on the ground? They're laying over there. Oh, I'm dying. I, I had religion. I had religion. I had some people come by and pray for me. It burns. It hurts. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know if I'll make it. He said, all you have to do is look. It can't be that simple. It can't be that easy. All you have to do is look. I, I, I don't know if I can. I, I don't know if I can. About that time, he looks up. He sees it. And all of a sudden, that venom starts draining out. And he starts feeling better. He starts looking good. He's a man. I've been healed. I've been touched. All of a sudden, he starts round around. Everybody else is laying on the ground. I'm dying. He said, hey, all you got to do is just look. Hey, hey, all you got to do is just look. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to come by. I got some rosaries I want to spray like that. I, I, I want to be baptized. No, all you got to do is just look. Can you imagine that first guy running around turtling everybody? Just look. That's what we should be doing today. Telling everybody, hey, hey, just look. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been. Just look. Man. You imagine him running around everywhere. Just look. Just look. Well, I'm trying to turn over a new leaf. No, that ain't going to work. Just look. Just look. How, how can you get excited about a snake on a pole? How can you get excited about what Moses lifted up the serpent? He said, because I'm seeing as like a serpent. I'm not seeing the serpent. I'm looking beyond the serpent. Yes. What it represents. 2,000 years ago, God brought down the likeness of sinful flesh. He walked around. He condemned flesh for the sins. And God said, hey, but I'll raise him up on the cross and all you got to do is just look on him. I'll forgive you your sins. I'll heal you of your sins. He had no sin. But yet he died for our sins. The Son of God. Lifted up and broken. And bruised. On Calvary for you and I. For a sinner man. You say, how did that work? I was a fellow that was laying over infected by sin. I was the one that heard the simple gospel message. Christ came into the world 
and save sinners. And God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And one night I took my eyes off of religion and got it on Him. I looked, took my eyes off the things, off of preaching. And by faith, I looked toward the cross. And when faith, looking towards the cross, believing that God can heal me, that God can save me, and that's what he did this morning. I, I stand before you, not a perfect man, because the Lord knows I'm not perfect. I'm a still a sinner man. But the debt of my sin has been paid. The condemnation of the sin is no longer on me. Because I laid it on the back of Jesus' cross at the cross of Calvary. You say, how can I escape the venom of the sin? That has caused me to rebel in my life and against God. That's taken me to hell this morning. Just look and live. Just look and live. You say it can't be that simple. Can I tell you what God said in Isaiah chapter 45? Look unto me, and ye shall be saved. All the ends of the earth, for I am God and there is none else. <laughs> you say, preacher, how can I go to heaven? Don't look at me. I can't get you nowhere. Don't look at the church members. They can't get you nowhere either. But this morning, come and look at him that's been lifted up. The man, the man on the cross of Calvary. The man that took your place at the cross. He came down in the form of a servant. And the Bible said, he knew no sin became sin for us all. That we may be righteousness of God in him this morning. And on the cross, when he was lifted up, he bore my judgment. He bore my sins. He bore my wrath. And just by faith, you turn towards Jesus. You can have life this morning. I am so glad, Lord said, as Moses lifted up the serpent, just like that of the cross, I was lifted up for you. Albert Clementi. It was the late 1800s. He studied venomous snakes and poisonous and everything. He was working in Vietnam at that time, 1897, I think it was. And, and they had a flood in Vietnam. And after the flood, thousands and thousands of venomous snakes just came out everywhere. And people were being bitten and dying. Just I mean, just you couldn't stop them because there were just so many snakes, snakes everywhere. And, and uh he, he got really convicted about it, so he went there to start studying them, trying to figure out a way to get rid of them, how to help them. But he couldn't get rid of the snakes. So he said, well, maybe I can help the people who are being bitten. So what he did, he'd done the same thing like uh, 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 they'd done with the uh, smallpox vaccination. He took some animals, and the snakes bit them, and they watched the animals. And the ones that died, they let go. But there are some that made it through. They fought the venom. They fought it out. And 
he took and took the animals and he drew the blood out of them and start looking at the blood out of them and they said man and they made a mixture of it and, and they start injecting people with this venom that came out of the animals and then people start recovering from the snake bites that's how they made anti-venom and they still make it the same way today it has not changed and can I say that we we have been bitten by sin and we have an anti-venom for us this morning and that's Jesus Christ it, it doesn't matter what you sin just come and look and live we need to tell people about him because he can change people's lives he can change people's directions and, 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 I, and I know for that for fact because he's changed my life he's changed my direction and many of you could probably stand up and say the same thing he's changed my direction he's changed my life he's saved me if every one of us in here was on the pathway of hell amen we were sinners born I mean, tell you, we were sinners but thank God we have the anti-venom that sin no longer stings. That sin no longer burns. For God has made a way for us. Amen. Let us.